So welcome everyone to our second podcast episode of what we're calling Reality Check. Uh, this is brings together a group of Germantown Academy faculty to talk about the reality of teaching in uh, their online learning environments and how that compares and contrasts to some of the best practices that we are beginning to uh, learn about um, from scholars who have been doing this longer than we have. Um, and we're going to jump right into this conversation by introducing our faculty guests for the day. And I'm going to ask each faculty guest to introduce themselves and also uh, give us examples or talk to us a little bit about their experiences with online learning environments before the spring of 2020 when we all found ourselves suddenly in this um, very different learning environment together. So our first guest is Sue Negro. And Sue, can you please introduce yourself? Hi, um, and thank you, Mary, for inviting me to be a part of this podcast today. Um, well, I am an upper school mathematics teacher. This year, I'm currently teaching um, honors pre-calc, div-calc, along with a senior stat class. and. Um, regular to regular sections of pre-calculus with mostly juniors. Um, I've been at GA for 21 years and extracurricularly I help out with debate, uh, the UK exchange program, the senior class facilitator, and I'm just rotating off of um, a stint with Academy Scholars. Um, and as far as online learning experience, um, teaching um, online, I have absolutely zero experience prior to um, our, our launch of GA, uh, virtual GA. Um, however, I have been a student in several webinar classes sponsored by um, PCTM, um, the Pennsylvania Council of Teachers of Mathematics, and NCTM, the National Council of Teachers of Mathematics. So been a student, but first time as a teacher. Thank you, thank you. And our next guest is Mike Ream. Mike, can you introduce yourself, please? Hi, um, I'm Mike Ream. I teach physics, I teach chemistry, I muddle my way through robotics at GA. Um, I'm actually desperately trying to look up, I didn't do my homework here, I forget how many years I've been at GA. <laughs> I think-ish, there should be error bars on that. Um, Maybe it was nine. I, I, time is a blur right now. Um, <laughs> my experience with uh, online teaching, uh, I've made some YouTube videos on particular example problems in class and have posted those before, but I've never done anything as intense as what we're doing now. I have participated in online classes as part of my uh, master's in education. But those were dramatically different than what we're doing now. They were text only and kind of minimal interactivity. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. Thanks, Mike. Um, and last but not least is uh, Sarah Ritz. Good uh, morning, Sarah. Uh, good morning, Mary. Thanks so much for having me. Um, so I teach in the visual arts department in the upper school. I teach sculpture and design. 
I teach five sections. I teach two sections of primarily freshmen in a 3D design class, a class called Contemporary Practices, um, which is a continuation of that early design work and an introduction to sculpture and the symbolic possibilities in sculpture. And then I teach um, two, sec two sections of Honors One and Honors Two of sculpture, where we dive deeper into the symbolic and expressive qualities of design and, and uh, sculpture and, and really other forms of, of creative and, and artistic expression. Um, what I'm really trying, trying to do is not necessarily train 75 you know, artists every year, although that's awesome, but I am trying to train 75 people who every year who think creatively um, and are able to approach problem solving from tons of different angles because of their practice and, and um, experience in, in creative problem solving. Um, and I've got the perfect laboratory um, like Mike to, to, to do that. Yeah. Uh, in, in terms of online learning, I'm drinking from the fire hose. Um, so this is my, you know, first experience really outside of setting up blogs um, of my students' work and and websites and stuff like stuff like that. Um, but I'm I'm having fun, uh, and I don't know if I said, but like Mike, I'm not exactly sure, but I think I came maybe maybe about ten years. There's like a half there, so nine and a half, ten years. That's that's how long I've. I've been at GA um, as a member of the faculty, but way, way, way longer. If you hear my whole story with my my four lads, um, so we've been <laughs> around for for quite a quite a while. Um, great! I love the um, the the breadth and the differentiation in teaching experiences and things that we're bringing to this conversation. I think that's going to be really interesting. Um, I want to start off with a question that I think is maybe nearest and dearest to our hearts in some ways in that um, we all really went into education because we like being with students. We enjoy being in a classroom with students. Um, and I think Mike in, a, in another conversation you and I had like really being able to register with them and I would call it feeding off their energy and um, intellectual curiosity um or even lack of sometimes right and so i guess i'm um i'm curious and this is such a primary question for us as educators how are you taking that piece of our bricks and mortar world and attempting to uh, recreate that in an online learning environment so um, in this article that we're using for a framework of our discussion by Flower Darby called How to Be a Better Online Teacher, she simply states it as, how are you showing up to class, right? So do you guys have thoughts on that and how that's evolving for you? Um, I will speak for myself that this is still an active effort. I have not figured out how to replicate it yet. Um, I, I've got a few negative results. Um, <laughs> uh, one, one, of the thing, one of the things that I often do in regular class that has proven different is often there are demonstrations, often there are chances for people to get hands-on with something. Um, some of that I've been able to replicate and some of that I've been able to do, and sometimes it works, but sometimes I'm a bad knockoff of 
good science videos on YouTube. <laughs> and it's hard because I get where they're coming from. There are people out there producing science demonstration videos with proper lighting, budgets, big, bold things. And they get to see my pale comparison of that. Um, similarly, in the past, if it's been something beyond the scope of what we could do at GA, I've shown a YouTube video and it's very hard to get the, th even if it's watching a YouTube video, it's hard to get the same level of buy-in mm. I'm video conferencing with someone showing them a video versus in class. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm still yeah. working on it, but one of the best things, and this is just getting people vocal. One of the things I actually enjoy is uh, the questions that come up during an experiment, during a demonstration, a, well, what if I did this instead? And if it's something that it won't blow up and destroy us all, uh, <laughs> do that. Um, and it's harder to get those kinds of questions out of people because I think it's very easy to slip into the video conference, the Zoom class, is watching a science video on YouTube mm. instead of participating. And I think it's well-intentioned, but everyone being asked to mute themselves when they come in, I think that actually leads to the, you are an audience member. Oh, I am actually actively yeah. telling them at the start of every class, stop putting yourself on mute unless your dog is going bananas in the background. Take yourself off of mute, make an inane comment, uh, attempt a horrible pun, uh, harass someone, do something <laughs> in order to try to get that conversation. And with my seniors, that worked. Um, I'm still working on my freshman. Yeah, that makes sense. Others, other thoughts and ideas. Thank you. Um, well, I'll, I'll just jump in if that's okay. Um, so I started this whole process by leaning on um, my brick and mortar question that I asked myself before um, creating every lesson. And that is, what do I want the kids to know um, or feel, or at least to begin to own by the end of every session? And so for those of you who know me, I'm a planner. So I literally broke down um, every one of those 40 minutes into um what uh i was going to do with it like what am i doing in the first five minutes is there going to be a warm-up today um or have i told the kids to uh bring their hoodie to class so sometimes we have what we call hoodie wednesday where everybody wears a hoodie, hoodie to class it just gets them um psyched up uh, to, to come um and hang out um some days we start with a puppy update so they ask to see uh, the new puppy um but I think planning is the key, you know, um, like in the old days, they say location, location, location. Well, for me, it's plan, plan, plan. Um, how am I going to structure the class? Um, will there be breakout sessions? Will they work on problems? Um, and I, th I think about each lesson um, almost as its own course um, with learning objectives and, um, and then get feedback from the kids, either through homework or through um in class discussion um so yeah that's that's what's been working for me kind of relying on my um brick and mortar um knowledge um and then 
asking that same question. What do I want them to get out of the class? Um, I also, uh, I also have, I'm lucky enough to have an audience at home. So very often I'll say, I'm not sure if this is going to work for me tomorrow. Um, so um, Olivia, who's home from college, uh, will actually be my guinea pig. So I'll run through a lesson with her prior to working with the kids. I'll actually, you know, pretend to put her in a breakout room um, and then bring her back in and we'll talk. Um, and yeah, so that's been working really well for me. Um, uh, planning and testing. Uh, so agree. My family is also um, always up for mm -hmm. being guinea pigs. And that has brought an interesting blurring of the lines between work and home life. Mm -hmm. That is different mm -hmm. and new for me here too as well. I'm, mm -hmm. um, Sarah, yeah, no, I was gonna, I'm, I'm smiling um, before I address it. Every time I, I build a, a lesson, um, it seems that my son Owen is my guinea pig <laughs> and I'll bring him in and I'll make him, you know, sit through the lesson and we do the, we do the whole thing. And at the end of the lesson, he's like, mom, we have to do this as a family this weekend. <laughs> so that's how I know that, you know, I'm onto something. Well, Sarah, you're doing um, a better job than I am because Olivia has never said, let's differentiate around. <laughs> but, well, we are, we're, we're making like mood videos and mandalas and, you know, it's a lot of fun outside building stuff but um you know in terms of the question mary um i think it's about you know like showing your humanity mm -hmm. and showing which is and 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 seeing theirs and that's not so easy mm -hmm. because it's distorted by the screen in such a gigantic way um but i think like that's what i work most on um you know, to be able to laugh at, laugh at myself and be, there's like such a level of honesty um, in these classes that, uh, that, that and trust um, that I, I, I would say that that is one of the two major things that I am trying to cultivate here. And it's honestly, um, it's, it's not that difficult because we had it before. So I think about, in the, like I'm lucky, we're all lucky because we had real life relationships. We have real life relationships with these with these young people, mm -hmm. so it's easier to trans you know to translate to the screen. I think about you know I, I don't want to say it, but like next year if if we're in the space with new freshmen that I don't mm -hmm. know and I don't have that relationship, how do you build that? So I don't. It, 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 it's been easy because we in that way, because we have trust that that existed before we were we were here. Um, but in terms of, uh, you know, how 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 do I build the work and, and what has that been like? It's been really interesting. It's been great for me as a teacher. Um, and I think, you know, I think that in some ways it's it's been super for the kids. Um, why? Because to go back to the humanity thing and the honesty thing, and I, I said in the beginning, I said, listen, um, my job here is to uh, address the same concepts that we were addressing before, the elements of art. We're going to deal with line, shape, color, texture, pattern. Um, and I'm, I'm tasked to do that with the assumption that you have zero materials. Mm. So, <laughs> and, and zero, 
and zero yeah. space to do that. So if you can envision my studio where we're fortunate enough to have, you know, a pretty generous budget and every mm -hmm. material under the sun a child could dream of using, or for that matter, any artist could dream of using, um, I'm trying to deliver the same content with none of that. So I was just sort of stuck for about two weeks, like, how the heck do I do this? Um, and then it turned into this really beautiful constraint because art and really everything, right? Like the best art, the best anything mm -hmm. comes with, like you have a series of constraints. Um, and if we embrace, mm -hmm. you know, that, that whole growth mindset, um, my children, my students have been doing the most amazing work with um, their stuff in their room and those, those that are fortunate enough to have a yard the things in their yard, um, their smartphone. Um, so I think like, I was like, why is some of this work better than the work that we're creating in the studio? Um, and I think it's, I think it's because I've been, you know, sometimes, sometimes if a kid's like, please, can I use glitter? I'm using that as an example. I don't really use a lot of glitter. Please, can I use glitter? Like the wimp in me is like, okay, use the glitter. But um, here, that's not an option. So um having those constraints has has proved awesome i also think that they're they're desperate for creative work mm -hmm. so that's another reason i think that the the work has been strong um yeah 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 wow that's so interesting and i i am assuming and really look forward to some kind of uh showing yes. right or exhibit yes. of this work that will be so interesting once we sort so, of yeah you know are, are through whatever this semester looks like yeah at the so end. hopefully i mean we'll definitely do some sort um you know wearing my art across the academy um hat we'll uh you know we'll definitely do some sort of virtual show but we're gonna bump something from the calendar to do an exhibit of, of this work. Cause I think it's, I think there's so much wow. for us to learn from um, what happens when you take away a lot of things mm -hmm. and, and what that does to one's yeah. creativity. I mean, I don't know about everybody else, but you know, I'm having some wacky dreams mm -hmm. and I, I look at things different <laughs> and like, you know, everything's in like, hyper focus mm -hmm. and I think that makes for some some interesting creative output right right I I agree with you um Sarah and I just wanted to um connect um uh what you we were talking about in terms of humanity with um our schedule which I think by the way has been really um working for me having um you know the uh I don't know, red day and blue day, is that what we're calling them? Or, or day one? Yeah, yeah, yeah day that's one, really day been, um, yeah. that's mm -hmm. been working for me so that um, I've got time to connect with kids because I, I feel like my greatest strength is not um, my mathematics ability. I mean, I bring that to the classroom, but that's not my greatest strength. I feel like my greatest strength is bringing humanity to these kids and, and having that personal relationship and that warmth. And that's missing on the, on the screen. Um, and especially if you've got 16 kids in a class, you can't really spend time. If you have 40 minutes to deliver a lesson, 
and you can't walk past their desk and say something to them that's a, you know a, a sort of um, private conversation. Um, you don't want to you don't want to do that in this setting where everyone is listening to everything that you say. So I what I found is in order to connect with the kids on that human level um, is that end of the day that two thirty to 3.30 office time, I've managed to squeeze 29 out of 42 of my kids in so far for private conversations where I've asked them to email me, set up a time. Um, we've been keeping to it. So I've got every day at 2.30, I have someone in at three o'clock and we just to get, to get together for 15, 20 minutes. Sometimes it's the full 30 just to connect um, what what's happening for them online how are things going it can be related to math or can, it can be related to anything else that's going on in their in their in their lives because that's the piece that i miss the most um that that connection yeah yeah absolutely i'll say on Mike, my end ahead. one of the things that's tried worked somewhat well with livening things up has just been trying as much as I can to shift myself away from a lecture where they just sit back and take notes and kind of moving it to breakout rooms mm -hmm. as much as I can. Mm -hmm. A lot of juggling because just not to get into the tech side of it, normally small group work involved having a paper and a pencil in front of a student or lab equipment and none of those things work anymore. So creating a lot of resources a lot of virtual simulations, a lot of juggle this document around mm -hmm. in a way that they can try to work together. I will say the smaller groups, people who aren't talking in the big group will start talking in the mm -hmm. smaller breakout group and they will ask questions. And that's been a real help. But with trying to adapt everything, there's been a whole lot of that didn't work. And one of my things about uh, this has been, okay, I tell the kids I'm going to be trying something different and I acknowledge it might suck. And I, <laughs> I, I think he's honest with them about, I'm figuring this out. Mm -hmm. I'm trying something different with the intent of making this better, but this could go entirely the wrong direction. And I think they appreciate that. The other day I was attempting to do something and the computer was lagging and nothing was working. And I literally picked up my laptop and shook it around mm -hmm. while they were on video. And they very much seemed to enjoy me losing losing it and <laughs> expressing frustration in a very visual way. I have to say, Mike, that you describing that sounds so much like um, the scientific mm. discovery process, right? You just keep experimenting and keep experimenting and working on something until you have some triumph or success that then leads, you know, the research and, you know, further along. I was just hearing parallels while you were talking about that. I'm going to circle back to this idea of humanity um, and ask, you know, uh, very specifically, do you have ways, we, we did mention that blurring between our personal lives, perhaps in our professional lives, now that this is all happening in the same um, blending of physical and virtual space, but how are you bringing your own um, unique styles and identity to these Zoom spaces that are so very much the same, the same, the same, right? Like, um, I think, Sue, you mentioned mm -hmm. you're bringing your puppy in. 
Um, and, and that's certainly an example. But are there other examples that you have and or do you have examples of trying to create those opportunities? Oh, I love bring I love the icons and the how do you say it? GIFs or GIFs? What is what is this G I F F thing? How do you say it? I embed them in everything. The kids get a huge kick out of them. Yesterday I sent them one where there was like a flying cat eating pizza. I mean, <laughs> different backgrounds. You know, sometimes I'm teaching um, from the Gobi Desert and sometimes uh, I'm teaching um, on Broadway. So um, just those little sorts of fun things to keep it interesting, they, um, they seem to appreciate. Great. Um, to Others? talk about, you know, just to circle back uh, about humanity, Mike, what you just described, the shaking of the computer mm -hmm. and the whole thing, like that's, that's it, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, this is, this is un, like, this is unknown territory. I feel frustrated and that's, and so do they. So I think by sharing that, that's exactly what, what we're talking about. I, I think the um, Zoom environment, can you, um, the, the Zoom environment is really interesting. Um, we just did a project. <laughs> we just did a project on uh, uh, portraits. They created sculptural mm. portraits where they uh, surrounded themselves with, I called it quarantine things. So I'll share this with you guys on a, on a Google Doc. Um, but it was a portrait of themselves um, and uh, they included things from their quarantine life. Mm. So they're, they're circled by that. Mm. And we looked at portraits throughout history and we talked about the only time a picture of you is just a picture of you is when you're at the DMV. Mm. Otherwise, artists are always showing lots about them. Mm. So we did one specifically related to quarantine life. But then I also mentioned how even our Zoom backgrounds, um, what we choose to include in those backgrounds whether we go virtual or whether we're in our living room or, or at our desk or at our bedroom, uh, we've, we're all conscious of what, what people are, um, are looking at. So I explained one day about my background where I'm sitting at the, my dining room table and yet in the background, you can see my kitchen. And I planned, like I picked the space where I was gonna be and I was telling them about this. I'm like, you can see my desk and all the things I like. I said, and you can see my family periodically comes in and out of the Zoom photo because I'm, because that's so important to me. Because any glimmer I have of them throughout the day um, is meaningful to me. So that's a way of like, you know, mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. showing, and and that's what I'm comfortable with. And I find that it's the first time I saw these kids in their bedrooms. It is shot like it's more than I want. Um, but you've got to kind of yeah, yeah. That's kind of what we have um and we got to work with it so it's like okay we're all in our houses we're yeah. all doing this like tell me about this you know um tell me about what's how this is you know everybody's got a different way of doing it but it is something that you can use to think about how you uh you know how you see yourself what your life is like right now and again we keep circling back to like being yourself and, and, you know, wabi-sabi again, <laughs> and show, showing your humanity, but that's right. one way right. that we were talking about it and kind of living it, I think. I really love too, Sarah, how when you're doing that, kind of to go back to a digital wellness and citizenship framework, 
you're making them so conscious and mindful of all of those aspects of screen life that they may or may not, depending yes. on what student we're talking about, may, you know, have been part of, of their activity it's, in that online environment. And I wonder how that may transfer and translate for them, I'll just, I'll you know, just, just moving on. Be yeah. Um, yeah. Because part of that discussion with the portraits and when I was talking about my Zoom background was when you post something on Instagram and you're, it's not just about what you look like, right? If you're in Maui and you're in your bathing suit <laughs> and you're, we, we talked about Renaissance portraits and how they're, they got all fancy and it's about status. Um, what are those pictures about when you've got your, you know, whatever. So yes, right. we, we were able to talk about that a lot. So yeah. Cool. Yeah. It, That's so it's cool. Funny. That's so cool. Uh, along those same else? lines, yeah, um, I'm showing up to class every day. I'm wearing a bow tie. I'm wearing mm -hmm. the normal sort of shirt that I would wear. Um, and I've got a little office set up. I mean, the desk is a dog grooming table. It's, <laughs> I rated GA for all sorts of demonstration equipment. And some things wouldn't show up well on the front camera. So I had a stepladder behind me with a dog grooming piece of equipment <laughs> making an over that way I could hang things from it. I had cardboard boxes in the front camera that like I made a little table out of cardboard and had demos written on it and just trying to get some of the visual stuff that way. But I mean, for my personal appearance, I'm trying to convey that this is still school. This mm. is still something professional. And that's even extending with my family. Like I'm, I'm kind of the bad cop here who's harping on my kids. Like, Yo, I, I, you've got your computer in your bed. Mm -hmm. Get out of your bed. This is not bedtime. Yeah. Go sit, go sit <laughs> at your folding table. That's your office. Um, Great. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, yeah. With, I do still yeah, have I... my Marvel advent calendar in the background very <laughs> conspicuously. Um, so uh, every Friday I open a new door as a countdown to the end of school. And it's got little, uh, <laughs> the last one was Groot. It was lovely. So you are still their superhero science teacher. I love that. I um, I have to say, I have uh, the, the background that I use when I'm working in Zoom is just the most beautiful picture I have of the Roberts Family Library. And um, I have more than once had students respond that they think I'm at the library and, and their emotional response to that is so sweet to me because it makes me know that they miss that space and being there with all of us. Um, and so that's my bow tie kind of moment, Mike, I think where I try to put myself um, back within that work environment that I love so much. I mean, it's so beautiful. Um, we are almost out of time. Um, and I do have uh, one final question for you. Um, and if, if something comes to mind, I would love to hear it. I'm curious about what you are learning as an online teacher that you think you will take back to our bricks and mortar world once we get there. Mm. Any thoughts about that? So, um, yeah. I'll give, oh, go ahead, go ahead. Mike, you wanna jump in and then I'll jump in afterwards. Sure, sure. In terms of teaching techniques, I think just the expectation that 
I need to remind myself to go through things very explicitly on this is how to do something and being mindful of just different access that people might have to technology at home. I've run into of issues of like, oh, here's a Word document. You can type in this. Oh, some people don't have Microsoft Word. Uh, I, I, I know the right. school downloads, you can download it for free, but some people haven't mm -hmm. done that. And just pickups like that and cool. being a bit more mindful of, okay, if their home life looks like that with, I ha it, it just made me more aware of what assumptions I make about their access at home. Yeah. Yeah, more Absolutely. empathetic and aware. Yeah. You know, one of the things that, that I'm going to take is I'm going to try to marry the kind of work I've been doing um, online to the work that I do in the studio. And um, one major way that I'm doing that is I love the um, using Teams as a way I post assignments. I post the lesson that um, that I the, the lecture that I gave, and I um, you know I have the due dates and all the all the things they need to know, and then they upload the project and their description. So that simple act of of, of that um, that structure has is creating a portfolio. So what we normally do is at the mm. end of uh, junior year after the seniors leave we work to make portfolios but the most awesome thing is they're going to have those portfolios done what we're doing in the last couple weeks is taking the work um, on teams and they're putting together websites and um, this is going to be freshmen through juniors and this is something that they're going to have uh, you know they can use it as a supplement for college they can use it just as a thing to to share with their families um but i i'm going to like i love this tool so much and um i don't think that i would have become as comfortable as quickly <laughs> had i not again been drinking from the fire hose but it's it's a great way to organize work i don't chase around looking through you know looking for these students work when they when they go to submit something for grading, I'm going to have them take a picture, upload it to their mm. assignment. So I'm super excited mm -hmm. about that piece. Um, I, I have to agree uh, with Sarah on that. I'm a newbie to Teams. I um, just started this week, but I <laughs> sent a, a screenshot of what I um, have been doing. I've been sending summaries every day through Veracross through email. Um, to my classes with all the attachments, everything that we did in class. Um, and I decided uh, to take the opportunity for the practicum to move away from using email for my summaries and um, move away from Veracross with my uh, one of my classes. And I'm doing that on Teams now. Um, I'm, you know, made um, a folder for the for curve sketching, which is what we're doing in DiffCalc right now, adding everything to that. I'm sending my summaries um, through Teams, um, so that's been a fantastic addition, and I and I know I will definitely um, when we wrap this process up of online teaching, I will take that into the classroom with me. Um, but I think one of the things that I will definitely do is in terms of asking about the motivation. Um, I've had many students in our one-on-one -on -one conversations in the afternoon tell me that they're finding it difficult to stay motivated, not just in 
um, math, but across the board in other subjects as well. And I've been asking them, well, what, think about it, what would it take you to get motivated to embrace um, this new life that we have right now? Um, and so I'm, I'm going to continue that. I, I don't think I've ever asked kids in a brick and mortar classroom, what, what does it take to motivate you how, and have a conversation with how I motivate myself with kids. Um, and I think that's, that's really important. Again, speaking to the humanity of this situation. Oh, that is amazing. Yes. I so agree with you. And appreciate that and and the value in that conversation they may not even realize until much later but that's yeah. really wonderful sue thank you all of you um we are at the time where we have to draw this conversation to an end but again thank you for your time and energy and sharing what is working and what is difficult in this current environment and thank you also for approving uh, flower darby's point in her article how to be a better online teaching teacher that good teaching is good teaching and I am so grateful to have colleagues who represent that and will share those experiences with us. Um, Thanks Mary. Talk to you soon and hope to see you Thanks again. So Bye Sarah. Bye Mike. Thank you for having me. Bye friends. Bye.